A new day has come to the city of Augustus. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in the hallway, Melanie and Stephen are walking down the hallway as they hold hands with one another. Thank you for taking me out to breakfast. The pleasure was all mine. Stephen and Melanie make it to the door of Melanie's suite. Melanie then retrieves her key card from her handbag. She tries to unlock the door, but she seems to be fumbling with such a task. Here, let me. Stephen takes the key card from Melanie and unlocks the hotel suite door. Stephen and Melanie enter the room. What the hell happened here? Stephen and Melanie stand in Melanie's suite in shock. Melanie's room has been completely ransacked. A vase is broken on the floor, the desk is flipped over, the bed is a complete mess. Melanie slowly makes her way over to the bed. The letter D is written in red marker on a white bed sheet. Melanie, what is it? Call the police right now, Stephen. I know exactly who did this. Who did this? Donovan Aldrich. At the Augustus City Courthouse in the main area, Colin, Elise, Elaine, Lakin, and Caitlin walk into the main area of the courthouse. I can't thank you guys enough for coming to support me. Colin, we wouldn't have missed this for the world. You need your family right now. Your mother's right, Mr. Harker. I know that we had a difficult conversation last night about your family, but in truth, however... It's a very good thing that they're here. So tell me, brother, are you sure you're ready for this? (sighs) I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Again, Colin, I'm sorry that my brother is representing Lucinda. Look, you have nothing to be sorry for, Lakin. You have no control over who Alex picks as a client. It's a beautiful day for a custody battle, isn't it? Everyone turns their attention to the entryway of the courthouse as Alex and Lucinda enter. At Danielle's loft in the living room, JJ, who's dressed in a suit, looks down at his cell phone. He is texting back and forth with Antoine. Meanwhile, Danielle enters the room dressed in a purple business dress with pleated sleeves. I see you got quite the smile on your face. I assume you finally heard from Antoine. (laughs) Girl, yes. He's enjoying his business trip in Los Angeles. He's covering lots and lots of news for the magnifying. Well, I'm glad he got moved up to being a reporter. You are? Even I can admit that he's good at what he does. But don't tell him I said that. Did you call mom and let her know what's going on? I filled her in on everything. But before we go... You should know that she wants to see all of us. All of us? I don't understand. 
She wants all of her children under one roof, Danielle. All three of us. Tell me something, Dal. Be honest. Are you on board for such a thing? Or are you once again going to hold back all because mom and I kept the secret of a third child from you? At Opulence Monthly in Stephanie's office, Stephanie is sitting at her desk flipping through a pre-issue of Opulence Monthly. She is making little notes here and there about what she approves and disapproves of. She is trying to concentrate, but such a thing is very difficult upon her looking up from the issue and seeing an armed security guard through the windows of her office. Come in! Stephanie stands as Miranda enters the room. Miranda, hey. Good morning. The security guard's a nice touch. I'm surprised you found the time to hire one. Me too. I certainly wasn't going to, as you may have guessed. However, I do need protection at work. Clearly, Donovan does not care what time of day it is, or even if someone is in public, he will always go after his enemies. I know that to be true. After all, my car was in a parking garage. He had no regard for such a thing. Exactly. Anyway, what can I do for you? What brings you to my office? I wanted you to know that I have a contact at the police station that is keeping track for me of anything having to do with Donovan. And? He has targeted someone else. Oh my god. Who? Melanie Walters. Isn't that Elaine Harper's sister? Yes. Apparently, she and Donovan were involved before he went on a rampage and kidnapped you last year. I had no idea. Same here. Her room at the Bay Ridge Hotel was ransacked this morning, and she called the police to notify them that Donovan had done it. She only knew that he did it because he drew the letter D on her white sheets. So now he's leaving behind little mementos without a care in the world. And you'd be right about that. That is why we must go to Melanie right now. We've got to show her that she's not alone. We have to show her that she is not the only one who wants to go after this bastard. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Lenore and Skye are sitting across from one another at a booth. Both women are drinking a cup of blueberry green tea. Thanks for stopping by, darling. Of course, Mom. I'm glad to see you up and moving around. Looks like depression picked the wrong person to mess with. Amen to that. How's the boutique business these days? It's going well. I hate to brag, but things are kind of on the upswing for me right now. My business life is going good, my personal life is doing okay, and my love life is once again blossoming. Oh, do tell. Sorry to interrupt. Lenore and Skye look up as Graham stands in front of them, smiling mischievously. What are you doing here? Don't worry, Lenore. I don't come with an agenda. Oh, I guess there's a first time for everything. If you don't mind, me and my daughter are spending some time together. And you should not be here. One call to the police and you'll be arrested. I uh, see you haven't heard. My sister got those charges thrown out. 
That is why today I am making a fresh start for myself. And that fresh start does include an apology to the people I have wronged. You believe that, don't you? Oh, how big of you. But you shove that apology where the sun don't shine. The day I accept an apology from you, Graham, will be the day hell freezes over. Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Leslie is standing by the small waiting area looking down at her cell phone. She is texting Alex. Don't worry. I will keep you updated on everything concerning our son. I wish you didn't have to defend Lucinda, however. I wish that she was not trying to take Colin's son away from him. I... No, don't send that. That's too much. Leslie completely erases the text she was planning to send to Alex. She then just simply sends... I will keep you updated on Aiden. Have a good day. Leslie then shuts her phone off as Jonah, Isaac, and Gregory walk up to her. Hello, Leslie. How are you holding up? Hi, Jonah. Hi, Uncle Gregory. Hi, Dad. You know, all of you can stop hovering around me. I'm fine. Honey, we're just looking out for you. I know, but all of you look like you need some sleep and something to eat. No, that's what you need. We're here to tell you to go home. You've been here all day and all night, ever since Aiden was checked into this hospital. (sighs) Thank you all so very much. Thank you for looking out for me. But I'm fine. Truly. I just want to stay here and be with my son. Gregory, Jonah, can you guys give me and my daughter a moment alone? Yeah, I have to call Miranda anyway. We'll be in the hospital cafeteria. Jonah and Gregory walk off. Leslie and Isaac then walk over to the set of chairs and sit down. Leslie, I can see right through you. I know that you desperately need some sleep right now. I can see that you're just hanging on by a thread. I'm fine, Dad. I promise. No, you're not. I can see that this is all taking a toll on you. Nope, not at all. I'm staying strong for my son right now. I know that I can be here for him, round the clock. No one doubts that you're strong. No one doubts that you're a brave woman. But the best thing you can do for your son is to get some rest, okay? Dad, I, I, uh... You're right. I am tired, but I'm more scared than anything. Aiden has been in this hospital for days. I know that Christopher is a good doctor, and I know that Olivia is a good nurse practitioner, but between running all these tests and getting the chief of staff involved in his case, they have still come up with nothing. It is starting to scare me to the point where I am afraid to leave. I am afraid to go anywhere else but here. I didn't see the warning signs that he was this sick. I ignored Alex's phone call during my therapy session. And I know that if I leave, then I will once again be abandoning my child. I don't want him to go, Dad. It isn't his time yet. But for the love of all things holy, that has been the only thought racing through my mind lately. It's okay to be scared. 
it is okay to be worried. It's okay to want to be by his side as much as possible. However, it's not okay for you to doubt how great of a mother you are. It is not okay to be here 24 seven and not think about yourself for just a second. I want you to know that everything will be okay. How can you be so sure? Aiden truly does have the best care. He's in good hands. I know that. Alex knows that. And I think you know that too. Your son is gonna come out of this, whatever this might be. He's gonna, he's gonna win this battle. Isaac leans over and holds Leslie as she continues to lightly sob in her father's arms. Back at Danielle's loft in the living room. JJ, just be honest with me. I know that you said you forgave me, but I know that this still must be weighing on you. Danielle, yes, I forgave you. And I also won't lie to you. It's still hard for me to look mom in the eyes knowing what she kept from me all this time. But I can now see that we all need to go and see her and bring this to a conclusion. Danielle nods politely, places her hand on JJ's shoulder, and then smiles at her brother lovingly. JJ smiles lovingly back, and the two hug one another. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Melanie Suite, the door to the suite is wide open. Melanie and Stephen are standing next to one another by the desk, which has been turned upright. Detective Reynolds is wearing a pair of latex gloves as he puts the white sheet with the letter D written on it into a large evidence bag. Alright, I think I've seen all I need to see here. Thank you for placing a call to the APD. It was the only thing I could think to do. My room has just been ransacked. And thank you for coming, Detective Reynolds. I still don't understand what is going on here. You're telling me that my ex is targeting people and one of those people is me? That's exactly right, Miss Walters. I was slightly in love with the man. However, it wasn't that serious to the point where I think he would become completely unhinged. You told us that Melanie is not the only one being targeted by this man. So who is, who are the others? This is an ongoing investigation, so I can't answer your question. However, I will tell you that just about every person Donovan ever came into contact with might be a target. I highly suggest you get some police protection. I will gladly send a uniformed officer to your suite. I would like that very much. Thank you. I have an event to go to tomorrow and I'll be gone from my suite all day. I don't want something like this happening again while I'm dancing the night away tomorrow. Of course. Have a good day, miss. Detective Reynolds walks out of the room. All right, what the hell is wrong with this guy? And didn't he kidnap someone else last year? I thought he was on the run for good because of that. Me too. I can't remember who he, he kidnapped. I know it was another girlfriend from his past. However, I can't think of her name. You don't have to think of that about that right now. I'm sure the situation has really sent your mind into overdrive and it's, it's 10 minutes past when you're supposed to take one of your cognition enhancement pills. I'm not supposed to lose track of when to take those. It's okay. 
It's okay. I'll get you one. Where are they? I'm in, in the bathroom. I'll be right back. Steven walks off to the bathroom. Melanie turns around and slowly makes her way to the door. She then lets out a deep breath. Can I help you? Well, actually, we're here to help you. I'm Miranda Williams. And I'm Stephanie Markham. We're here to help save you from the dastardly Donovan Aldridge. Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, the elevator doors opened and Leslie steps off. She then walks over to Isaac, Jonah, and Gregory. Thanks for letting me go home for a bit, you guys. I feel so much better. I really do. That's good. And you look better, too. Thanks. Uh, any word on Aiden yet? Any change? We haven't heard anything yet. But don't worry one bit. And just to let you know, Pamela is sending love and light your way. That's very sweet of her. I hope you let her know that her son is doing everything he can. Christopher has grown into one hell of a doctor. I can certainly see why Memorial Hospital wanted to pick him to be the next head of pediatrics. I also managed to get a hold of Alex. Court is about to begin, so he won't be allowed to have his cell phone out. However, if there is any major changes in Aiden's condition, I, I did promise him that I would let him know as soon as I would be able to. I'll let Miranda know the same thing. I love that her families have been able to come together during this difficult time. Anyway, I think I'm going to head up to pediatrics department to see Aiden. I miss him so much, and though he might be asleep, I just like for him to sense my presence, you know? I want him to know how loved he is. Leslie smiles. However, before she can walk off, Olivia and Christopher rush up to her and the others. Hello, everyone. Olivia. Christopher, hi. Do you have any news on Aiden? We do, actually. Olivia figured out what was wrong with him. <gasps> oh my, what? What's wrong with my son? Aiden has a severe case of what's called respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV for short. And what is that? I was just about to ask the same thing. I don't know what that is. I can tell you that it explains Aiden's symptoms when you had dropped him off at Alex's a few days ago. His runny nose, his decreased appetite, his coughing, his fever, all of it. Only 2% of children are hospitalized due to RSV. Unfortunately, Aiden did fall on that 2%. We know what's wrong with him now. We can treat him more effectively. And we will hopefully be able to release him in the coming days. Now, before Aiden comes home, I would like you to disinfect your home and have Alex disinfect his as well. Aiden spends most of his time at both of your homes. You've got to look out for him. Of course. Oh, Christopher and Liv, I cannot thank you enough for all you've done for my son. Leslie walks up to Christopher and Olivia and hugs them both. And now my son can be on the path to recovery. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Melanie Suite, Melanie, Stephanie, and Miranda are now all standing around the room. Stephen, meanwhile, enters the room fully again, holding a pill bottle. Uh, hi. Mel, who are these women? 
Stephanie Markham and Miranda Williams. Yes, uh, apparently this is the Stephanie who was kidnapped by Donovan last year. In the flesh. He's after me and Stephanie as well. He bashed in all my car windows and he also broke into Stephanie's home. We are also convinced that he has a hit list. A hit list? What the hell? Donovan isn't someone who takes holding a grudge lightly. He holds them for a long time. That is, until he eliminates the person he is holding the grudge against. In this case, however, he's holding a huge one against about six people at seven, since you seem to be someone in Melanie's orbit a lot. Donovan doesn't scare me. Well, he should. It's time to drop the Macho Man Act and realize what a true threat this guy is. How do we get one step ahead of him? And how do we get to a point where he isn't a threat to any of us? Or anyone in Augustus, for that matter? I'd like to know that since you two have all the answers. I'm not saying we have all the answers, Melanie. But what I am saying is that Stephanie and I know enough about this man, especially Stephanie. We know how he operates. Then why did you come see Melanie? One would think that the two of you could fight Donovan on your own? It's not that simple. He is targeting so many people. So if I were you, I would just watch your step. Don't get it twisted. If you have any weaknesses, Donovan will exploit them and he will use them against you. At Donovan's apartment in the living room, Donovan is sitting on the couch, bouncing one leg up and down. He can't contain his nerves. He can't contain himself from spiraling out of control. Stephanie, check. Miranda, check. Melanie and Stephen, check. Now I've got to move on to Jonah and Isaac. By the end of tomorrow, I will have all my enemies in the light. And then, when they least expect it, I can crush all of them like the cockroaches they are. Back at the Augustus Courthouse in courtroom B, Elaine, Caitlin, and Lakin are all sitting on the public pews on Colin's side. Meanwhile, Colin and Elise are sitting on what is generally known as the defense side of the courtroom, and Lucinda and Alex are sitting on what is generally known as the plaintiff side of the courtroom. Elaine then reaches over the railing and taps Colin's shoulder. Colin turns around. Yeah, Mom? You've got this. You can beat Lucinda at her own game. I know you can. Across the room, Lucinda leans over to Alex. Remember, don't lose this case. All rise. The Honorable Judge Scott Hopkins presiding. Lucinda, Alex, Elise, Colin, Elaine, Lakin, and Caitlin all stand from their seats as Judge Hopkins makes his way to the bench. You may be seated. Everyone sits down, including Judge Hopkins. Good morning, everyone. We are here on this day to discuss the matter of custody for a child by the name of Connor Harper. Elise Granger, you are representing Colin Harper, is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. And Alex Bennett, you are representing Lucinda Prescott, correct? Alex nods politely. Wonderful. Now that we've cleared that up, let me clear something else up. 
Cases like this are never easy. In this courtroom today, we are going to be on the edge of our seats when it comes to our emotions. Yet, I will not tolerate outbursts in my courtroom. I want everyone to remain professional. I want all of you to think of the well-being of Connor. If you can do such a thing, then you should be able to remain calm. Let's begin. Miss Granger, call your first character witness. Elise stands from her chair. The court calls Elaine Harper to the stand. Elaine collects herself and then stands from the pew. She goes to the swinging door and then steps into the main part of the courtroom, making her way up to the stand. This has been the Indie Series award-winning drama Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison, co-executive producer Candace Mack, co-executive producer KCS Hutchison, written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan, consultant Tom Racina, music and sound effects provided by Fesselian Studios and Soundstripe, Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Quinn Van Antwerp as Colin Harper, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Anna Burmeister as Lakin Bennett, Claire Stottmuller as Lucinda Prescott, Beth Ellers as Melanie Walters, Aaron Clark as Stephen Langenfeld, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Emily O'Quinn as Olivia Bookman, Ron Schnitker as Graham Williams, Terry Lemer as Lenore Parkhurst, Mackenzie Bell as Sky Parkhurst, Michael Carr as Donovan Aldridge, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Bruce Van Griffin as Detective Reynolds, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, and Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier. Special guest stars included Tommy Figueroa as Bailiff, Jeff Wheeler II as Judge Scott Hopkins, and Eileen Kristen as Elise Granger. Join us next Monday for an all-new episode of Forever in a Day on Anchor, FAADseries.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.